Hi, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your seriously pointless podcast about all your nerdy and geek things throughout time in the war-torn Marvel Cinematic Universe, guys. My name is David, and I am joined again by my co-host, James. How you doing, man? Pretty good. What's up? Not much. And we are joined by a special guest today from My Movie Fix Podcast, Sir. How are you doing today, man? Indeed, I'm doing just fine. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Again, uh, it's my movie fix pod, uh, available wherever you find podcasts. Basically, I'm just a guy that loves talking about movies. So um, every every other week, pretty much, I have a guest on, and we just pick a movie and talk about it. Something you know, something I like, something we like, and we just go at it. Because I just need every. Sometimes I see a movie, and I just need to get that out of my system. I need to talk about it. So that's what I do. So check me out, my movie fix pod, wherever podcasts are found. Yeah, check Sounds them out, like guys. A great time. It actually it was really good. One. So I actually got a chance to listen to your uh, last podcast you did um, over uh, Pig with the Nicolas Cage movie. The I didn't know Ridley Scott actually directed that. That was kind of cool. And I was listening to that. I was just like, holy shit. I was like, he's actually like he said, he was in one of he's actually one of my favorite directors of all times. And it, it was just kind of fascinating. And I didn't even I haven't even watched Pig yet, but it kind of mm. made me think to myself, man, I really I really want to sit down and and, and watch it. Have you seen this uh, no, trailer for this, James? I have not. Uh, sorry, don't mean to cut y'all. Michael Sinoski directed Pig. That was oh Michael, Michael Dick. Okay, yeah. so where did I get Ridley Scott from? I think when we're, I was... we're um, at the very beginning. We did like our, our movie fix takes or whatever. We're, uh-huh. we're acting with my guest that week. He said he he thought. Ridley Scott was overrated. So we talked about him for a bit. But oh, he didn't I got my wires crossed. And I was just like, I was like, this doesn't look like a Ridley Scott movie at all. And I'm like, am I just losing my freaking mind? And I was, yeah, so I got my wires crossed. I completely apologize about that. But it, so, but it, but it made you enjoy it better. So, you know, it I was like, I was like, I was like, I'm waiting for something like a pig to pop out of someone's chest in this movie. I'm like, this is going to be great. It's going to be great. So, but yeah, actually, you know, that, that was one of those great things that uh, I, I love because I miss some things sometimes because you know how it is especially i was listening to it while i was uh uh trying to get my 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 four-month-old fall asleep the other day and i was i must have just got my wires crossed in there so but i'm glad you corrected me on that so. <laughs> i had to go look it up i was like wait a minute did i, did I miss that <laughs> no, no that's just that's definitely me my adh this you know it's just going just going off into the space there but but that's awesome yeah but if you guys haven't checked out his podcast go check it out guys it, it was it was fun just to kind of listen to you guys because you guys like you said at the very beginning there you guys had such you and your guest. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he you guys had some pretty heavy, uh, 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 diametrically opposed opinions on Ridley Scott. You know, he was like, you know, I he's super overrated. And you're like, he, he's great. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? This is like and you guys kind of got into it a little bit. I love that. I love, I love it whenever you can have a conversation with stuff like that. And and but you can still go away and kind of have a, a, a nice discourse over it. So, yeah, but yeah, got, he hasn't made any legendary moves. It's like, yeah, except for this this and that and that and this yeah I, like you I mean, were just going down the list like gladiator and i'm like that's like one of my favorite movies all of all time dude i love russell crowe in that movie that's he just, made blade runner i mean come on yeah he did like <laughs> alien it is like oh my god don't even get me started so yeah, yeah basically just, his it, argument was like he's made 10 legendary movies but what about the rest of them they're only okay i'm like well okay yeah well let's look at his box office revenue i'm gonna say it's it's it tends to disagree with you sir you know, and don't get me wrong, like Raised by Wolves was a little weird, yeah, but it was I mean, still really good. It was still really just bizarre and good. So I love that kind of stuff. But but so getting into kind of what we've been up to, I know, uh, I know, sir, you were telling me a little bit, you know, you had you said you had uh, a new baby and whatnot. So you, I don't know if uh, you want to go first and tell us what have you actually been doing? I mean, maybe you've been 
sitting down and, and watching a lot of movies while you're uh <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, these days I watch stuff for the podcast and you know, if something you know just piques my interest, I'll check it out. But other than that, it's baby. I do woodworking on the side and I work yeah. that's it. I just <laughs> free time is very limited. So I'm I'm rewatching like I I think that episode I was talking about it, like New Girl. That's my, that's my, that's my, uh, what I watch when I fall asleep. That's you know a lot of people have their go to shows that they just leave yeah. on. So occasionally mm-hmm. I watch a new movie, I, you know, um, something that just you know I I, I got to go see this kind of thing. But other than that, I'm watching New Girl. I'm sleeping and I'm working and I, I'm holding my baby. You know? <laughs> to be fair, there's worse. There's worse people you could fall asleep you know, watching. Zoe Deschanel. She's a good looking gal. I'm just saying that's that's let's just say that, you know. And that and by the way, that show is hilariously funny. I got to I think season two, and for whatever reason I don't remember why I fell off, but it's it's pretty freaking hilarious. Just the kind of like just ridiculous crap they get into on that show. Mm-hmm. It, it's fun. So but yeah, that's awesome, man. That's I'm kinda in that same boat too. I kind of fall asleep watching um uh, Batman the animated series with my son usually. It's usually I, right before we go to bed we'll watch something so i'm right in that same boat with you man it's just like whatever little time you have it's usually just like uh you know in here 30 minutes here 20 minutes there nothing crazy so but that's awesome so i told myself that I, i'd be able to watch all kind of movies since i'll be up in the middle of the night with my daughter but <laughs> it doesn't work like that it's like i try i tried to watch um the green knight and it's like you, you're just not you need to pay attention and focus. Dude, and you you and need to be you. aware for that movie from what I've been told. Yeah. <laughs> so it's with a baby. Yeah, no, definitely not. But yeah, I totally understand. My wife does that. She would be up in the middle of the night, like, you know, feeding the baby. And she was, she's been watching the Marvel. What ifs loving them. And she's just having a bit of blast. And actually she just watched uh, the last one with about uh, uh, Dr. Strange. Like if you like, if Dr. Strange went bad and he basically kind of like has to, I don't, I want to ruin it for him, but he basically uh, tries to go back in time and bend time to his will. And it's, it's really good. If you guys know, it's kind of depressing, but it's really good. <laughs> so yeah. I'll, I'll say that. So no, I think you're yeah. talking about the trailer. We'll talk about that in a bit when he tries to bend time and change everything. No, that no, no, no. Yeah. yeah you see that in the trailer. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Oh, okay. I was like, wait a minute, did I miss something? I was like, did I get my wires crossed again? That would have been totally on point for me, though. But yeah, that's that's awesome, man. So, James, what have you been up to? I know you've had a couple days off the last couple week or this last week, right? Yeah, I just got off a couple days ago, and so I finished up uh, Spirit Fair that I was playing last week. Yeah, it's kind of you. You and these little uh, little games, you've been really hopping in there. Uh, especially oh, I with like the... indie games; they're fun. <laughs> yeah, so I remember you telling me about this uh, last week. This is the one about the uh, the guy or the person that takes over the spot for uh, Caron, the the, uh, the boat fair, the this basically the the soul fair. How how did you like? It? Did you finally finish it up? You said I finished it up. It was good. It's it's really a game about saying goodbye and about loss. Like you're. You're ferrying these spirits around the world. You're like solving all their unfinished business, helping them work out their issues with their parents or their ex-lovers or whoever it happens to be. And then at the end of it all, they get to say goodbye and like go to this death gate and die. And so the whole series, the whole game is about like you getting to know these people and learning to like them and helping them. And then they just move on and then you're still there. And then the... (laughs) Much like Kara, you know, Kara, and the game finally ends when you yourself get to go through the gate and and pass on too. So it's it's a charming little game. It's a lot of fun. It's honestly quite sad in a lot of places. I mean, would you recommend it? How many souls out of ten would you give it? (laughs) Um, 
I give it a seven out of ten. I mean, it's a fun game. It's a fun game. It's not like a AAA title. I mean, it's not going to change your worldview or anything, but it is a fun game. It's definitely worth picking up. Awesome. Have you been watching the Game Pass? And it's cheap, so yeah. That's why I said it's on Game Pass. So that's that's I saw it on Game Pass, and whenever you kind of recommended, I was like, oh hell yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that up. So have you been watching anything? What's up? Oh, Uh, I wanted to uh, chime in there for a second. Have either one of you played the game uh, before your eyes? No. Before your eyes. No, I haven't. Which one's that? What's that it's, about? Uh, it's, it's on Steam. Um, it, it, the premise is very similar kind of to what you were talking about, where, you know, there's the guy ferrying the person through the other world or whatever. I, I'm, oh. I don't want to give any details away. If you if you played it, you understand why I'm asking. But I think the very first episode I did, I talked about that and game blew me away. I think it's only like a two hour game or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because I think one of, the, one of the things we're talking about is how you... A lot of people finished it so quick. Steam would give you a refund because I think they give you a refund if you don't pay less than two hours. Oh, is that the game that they were they were posting a bunch on uh, on news media or uh, a while ago? Because I remember seeing pe- people showing that because that's what they actually were doing. Like you said, they would play it yeah. like in like two hours and they just get a refund for it for free. And they're like, "Well, what's the point?" You know. Yeah. And so this is this is the game they were talking about. Yeah, that's kinda... I believe so because we were talking about it before your eyes. If you if you enjoyed that game you're talking about just now, I definitely recommend you try that. It costs uh, I think it's ten bucks. At the time, it was nine ninety nine on Steam. Yeah, I'll and check it, it out for sure. When I tell you, it, it hit hit me like a sack of bricks. You know that, that was very worth checking out. It's and the I guess the the not the I don't want to say gimmick, but the the way the game is played is it's played by your you have to use your webcam and time moves forward whenever you blink. You actually blink your eyes, and that's the mechanic. It's not necessarily moving your mouse or keyboard and all that kind of stuff. It tracks your eye movements, and when you blink, time skips forward, and that's kind of an aspect of the game, and it's about kind of how you only have so much control over your life and time moves the blink of an eye. But part of the story is kind of what you're talking about, how there's a person shepherding the person through the afterlife or whatever. But it hit me like a ton of bricks. I definitely recommend it. I didn't want to take, you know, too many, too much time away from you, what you were talking about, but no, it no, kind of goes, really goes cool, with man. the game you're playing. Definitely no, check that it out. Sounds if you haven't really played cool. it, definitely recommend people. And it looks it. like it won a game developer's choice at the Indiecade and it yeah, got it was... four awards at the Unfold Game Awards. I mean, it, yeah, uh, there you I, go. I, I seems like it hit a bunch of people hard. If you got the time, just try to do it all in one sitting. And like I said, it, it hit me like a hit me like a sack of bricks. And See, I very, the, very those... rarely do video game because I only play, you know, I only have so much time. I don't. I don't play video games all too often unless I just have the time to do it. But I heard good reviews. I sat down and played it, and definitely this is like I couldn't I couldn't let this pass without recommending it, especially because the game you're talking about was you know so similar in premise to it. But that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'll definitely check that one out. That's great. See, that sounds pretty cool. I was looking. I just found it. Like I found it. I threw it in the chat there. But but this looks yeah, looks really cool. I I would I would highly uh, recommend folks to go check it out just on your own because like I said, even though just the brief little trailer that I watched there while you we were you were talking about it, it, it looked really cool. I I I I would probably I'm probably gonna end up picking that up if it ends up uh, maybe going a little bit less on on price or whatnot. But uh, but yeah, that looks really cool. James, have you been up to anything else? You've been watching anything at all? Oh, playing uh, Psychonauts 2 as well. You finally, uh, you finally, finally got started on that one. And uh, as far as watching stuff, now I've been doing some of the summer fall anime stuff. We yeah. talked about that last week a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, you did. You did actually. I was kind of happy that you were. Uh, we 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 were talking about it last night, James, a little bit. I know uh, you kind of gave me some recommend recommendations to watch with Jackie. So that'll be fun. 
Um, and I actually was uh, watching uh, Zombieland Saga, like you were mm-hmm. told me to. And I hopefully I haven't got a chance to watch it today because we had to do a bunch of errands today and uh, dealing with that with uh, uh, <laughs> two kids and a little bit of a hangover. Thanks to you, James. That was fun. So <laughs> thanks for that. Um, so sleep deprivation plus hangover did not work out well this morning to try to do anything other than just quick errands. But but yeah, um, I've actually been trying to finish up Psychonauts 2 talking about that, James. We have been I've just been plowing through that game. That was that is talking about feels, sir. I, I <laughs> it, it is there. Have you? How far are you into it, James? Can I? Uh, I the Aquato family just like came to visit Raz. So okay, so I'm pretty early on in the game. I've only played it for a few hours. So for for background, for I don't I don't know if you've played Psychonauts at all, sir. But I know for you and for the uh, audience, uh, Psychonauts basically revolves around a kid that is a part of a family of acrobats, but he's also got psychic powers. But they like or like super against it. They don't really like that because they feel like it's, you know, a little bit evil or whatnot. But anyways, he basically runs away to join uh, a, a psychic summer camp for uh, people that want to become agents in this uh, psychonauts uh, uh, organization in the, in this world. And it's, it's kind of really interesting. Like the first game, it, it, it's a little more, you know, goofy and, and, you know, kind of fun. And the second one, it's it's it kind of follows up with that after the after the summer camp and it kind of gets a little bit more deep it definitely starts hitting a lot more things like mental illness loss tragedy joy you know like kind of trying to figure out you know human emotions and whatnot and and it gets pretty deep in some places like i'm to the point where there's this one james they're actually talking about alcoholism um oh wow i know that's why i said i was just like i'm like and it's talk talks about how like it's basically trying to like that he actually you'll start you'll figure it out soon you'll start to meet some of the older the original psychonauts i'm not ruining too much for you but a lot of them are really effed up in the head like seriously screwed up and one of them actually had to deal with a lot of uh, alcoholism on his own and with like you know, parents that he was, you know, really in love. He loved his parents very much. And a lot of, a couple of them died from that actually. So it's, it's a pretty fun game. I'm really enjoying it. Um, but yeah, that I would highly recommend anyone that has game pass, like I said, to go check it out. It's, it is a blast. It's definitely like a 20, 30 hour game. If you want to really sink into it and get all like the little collectibles and things like that. Cause it, it's, it's, it's definitely got some breath and feel to it that I, I have not, really wanted to get into a game like this for a while and all of a sudden it just clicked so yeah, yeah. and it, it has the same kind of fun charming characters that the original one did which i'm a bit excited about so yeah. far my best somehow my favorite thing has been walking around and having all the characters start to speculate whether you're the spy or not <laughs> and they're like he's standing right there <laughs> <laughs> the best one, the best one I ran into is like you're walking by some of the people in the organization and the lady's like, oh, hey, you remind me of my nephew, that little jerk. <laughs> just like what? <laughs> like they do like little things like that throughout the game. And you're just like so much time and effort went and just care went into this game. It was just it's just phenomenal. So mm-hmm. but yeah, so on top of that, like I was saying, saying earlier, I've actually also been uh, watching uh, a lot of the Marvel uh, what ifs. So I actually was I powered through them. I hadn't been had a chance to watch any of them and I powered through them last week. So I don't know. Have either of you guys watched any of those at all? Got a chance to watch any of those? No, I haven't seen them yet. I was waiting till they're all out and people hear the reviews uh, and I go, you know, burn through them. I like to binge them. 
you're like your avenger i like that so it's it's i'm kind of as i said that's i'm of two minds that i like the kind of episodic releases they do like that has disney does because it makes you want to kind of go back and and rewatch. as you know eventually watch them all together but there is something to say like by sitting there for like an entire day and just wasting an entire day of watching a tv show <laughs> just like just sitting there with like you know your favorite drink and like maybe a tub of popcorn your favorite snack and just sitting there and absorbing everything so yeah i can i can feel i can feel it a little bit but i i don't want to i won't ruin too much for you but there are two ones that i really have enjoyed so far um and it's the one the the captain marvel one where uh uh, sharon carter becomes captain uh, britain actually uh that's really fun and then the one where um t'challa becomes star lord Mm. that that those are my two favorites so far um and those are the two more upbeat ones (laughs) the other two (laughs) that they have right now they're kind of dark <laughs> uh, so especially this last one they just did was it was it was a little little depressing um but it's definitely i, I get why they do it because i was a, i'm a huge uh, what if fan i have I, i've collected most of their comics that are uh, with what if like a lot of the old series here um and they do that a lot they always do like what happened if you know so and so you know went bad or blah 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 whatever it is and and they definitely they're definitely kind of dipping their toe into that, some of that stuff without like going completely bonkers so this is their chance to do whatever they want with the characters right because it does it's not permanent it's just for fun it's for funsies (laughs) yeah let's see what happens when dr strange absorbs a demon because that nothing nothing wrong can go there right you know so it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be fun i think and hopefully like i said i hope i hope they don't do any weird like just bizarre ones like because trust me there's some really weird uh what if comic books that i have and i'm just like why would you even like grind green light this it's just bizarre stuff you know like what happened if if uh peter parker just lived a normal life you're just like what (laughs) that doesn't sound like fun at all like who who would who would want to talk about peter parker having a normal life but you know that's the reason why he becomes spider-man but anyways so, but yeah, that's kind of what we've uh, we've all been uh, been up to. Does anybody else have anything to add before we start jumping into the news today? Nope, nothing, nope. sir. Nothing? All it. right, well, let's, let's, let's hit news. it. Let, let's kick it then on into the news. So, the first big part of the news uh, today um, is talking about uh, the Gamescom 2020. So, uh, it's from uh, Kevin Lee off of IGN. Uh, the big ones that they're pushing for um obviously uh they've got a release date for halo infinite so on uh, december 8th so they actually came with a few caveats i know james you're we're not uh uh, (laughs) as big uh halo fans as we used to be but i might actually since it's free on it's free on game pass um but the uh single player will be on there i'm definitely going to try and grab that i don't know if i'm gonna play in the multiplayer or not but I probably won't. <laughs> that's hurtful. You make me cry a little bit. Well, you Halo's used... hurt. Halo's hurtful. <laughs> no, you're just mad because you weren't good at it. Because what? you were basically I was you were, fine. You were fine. You were a punching bag, is what you were. So, but uh, but also talking about other Marvel properties, they're coming out with a uh, Marvel Midnight Suns from Firaxis Games, James. So you uh, are familiar with these guys. You know Firaxis. These are the Civ uh, Civ Six guys. Civ Five Six Six. Those guys. Um, they also do XCOM. So what they're doing is they're going to be making a XCOM style 
uh, Marvel game. So they're going to be picking up some of the uh, kind of more obscure, kind of like on the fringe characters. Like they have a lot, they're going to have Ghost Rider. Um, I think they're going to have um, uh, who is the son of Satan? Um, I cannot remember his name, but he's going to be in there. Um, he he'll be in there. I think they're going to do. Uh, I think Lilith, maybe I don't know, but they're going to have a couple other uh, main other characters. But they're going to have like the big ones, like Iron Man, Wolverine. You know, they got to put the they got to put put uh, Logan in there to do that. So of course they've got that coming out in uh, March of 2020. They've announced uh, Saints Row reboot, which I don't know if you're a fan of those at all, coming out in uh, February of 2020. No big surprise. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West uh, is the sequel to the uh, Horizon game that came out uh, five years ago, I believe, for the PS4. That got Mm -hmm. delayed to February 2022. Uh, Call of Duty Vanguard campaign. um, They announced that you're going to be following uh, a Soviet female sniper. In that, which is kind of interesting, I thought. If any of this uh, piques your interest, guys, just let me know. Um, but the one thing that I definitely wanted to note in here, they're going to be coming out with Lego Star Wars, the Sky- Star- Skywalker Saga, coming out in spring 2022. That's my jam. That's my that's my comfort food right there. I love me some Lego uh, Lego mo- Lego uh, video games. Um, on in other news too, um, they're actually going to be announced. They announced that the Xbox Cloud Gaming is going to be coming to Xbox Series x and s and then xbox one in holiday 2021 so that's going to allow people to basically play games on servers without downloading them and essentially just have a uh i guess for lack of a better word a modem that you know transfers the data onto your screen you know that's kind of a cool cool concept we think about those well i think it's kind of the same thing we talked about last week i think it's a cool idea i think uh you're going to need some awfully fast internet to make something like that run well i mean if you have gigabit (laughs) internet i'm just saying you know (laughs) hypothetically so so actually i have the one thing i I play stadia very rarely but i pay ten dollars a month for stadia pro because i i I love Mm -hmm. it so mm-hmm. I, like I'll do destiny on it, but that's, I think that's kind of basically what we're talking about. I don't, I never have to download a game. I never, mm-hmm. I'm not taking up any storage space. I like when my daughter was born, I was in the hospital with my laptop playing destiny on stadia. Like, you know, the hospital, you know, had, you know, whatever speeds mm-hmm. they do have. So, I, you know, I think it, it's possible, you know, I think, Especially, well, I don't. I was about to say Microsoft is a huge company; they should be able to figure it out. But Google's a huge company, so they're know. both humongous. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, so that's what I was kind of worried about too. Is like I saw the advent of Stadia when it came out, and it kind of like dropped off, you know, yeah. after a little bit. And it was, I think their biggest problem was they just didn't have the the games that a lot of the games that people wanted to play. I mean, other than like Destiny. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that Microsoft has going forward is such a huge, you know, computer company on top of like uh, the Xbox division where it's just like video games and they have all these studios to kind of, you know, battle a little bit against uh, PlayStation. I think that they're going to have a little bit better run for their money. And I think they were kind of just gently dipping their toe into it as opposed to um, I think Google, in my opinion, went a little too fast. I think they sh- they probably should have. uh kind of taken a few a little bit longer i don't know how you feel about it sir i think but, the, big, uh, yeah, the biggest issue with stadia is multiplayer games it's just because the internet differences yeah. and 
like, you know, if you're playing on a computer, you got hardwired internet, no issues, blah, blah, blah. But if you're on Wi-Fi at a cafe or something, yes, you can play it. And 95% of the time, there's no lag, there's no issues. But that 5%, that's 5%. too much for gamers. You know, it's, it's gamers can't, yeah. they, it can never they, happen. They lose their ever-loving yeah. minds. Yeah, well, especially I, if you're playing shooters or something. I mean, yeah. like, even just 100 millisecond delay is enough to lose you a lot of matches. Yeah, so, I believe it. Like uh, Cyberpunk 77, that was a total mess. But if you had Stadia, you were playing, it looked better than, you know, most people who have their computers at home and a lot of systems, you know, and you didn't have to worry about lag because you're by yourself. So if you had Stadia for Cyberpunk, you had a much better experience. It was faster. You didn't have to download anything, blah, blah, blah. But most people are, you know, the the system sellers are the Call of Duties and the, the Halos and that kind of stuff. You buy it to have and to play with your friends and blah, blah, blah. And if you're on Stadia, you just you're not using it for that. So it it doesn't have that traction that other systems get because you're not on Stadia with your friends. And it, you can it can be awesome, but you'll have to be playing a slower paced game where lag the, the occasional lag isn't a huge issue. Well, and we've talked about this before. I think this is just another step of Microsoft trying to build up like this Microsoft gaming ecosystem because we've seen them do this before now already. So now their PC games and their Xbox games run on essentially the same OS. And so they can just directly port them to each other. You have the game, you have the game pass, which keeps you locked into PC and Xbox to experience these games as they come out. And now they're going to add this, uh, stadia type multiplayer feature where you can keep playing the same games on your smartphone or whatever, wherever you're at. It's like, it's all about they're building up Xbox as, you know, a gaming ecosystem. It's a place yeah. you, you play games at. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Like I said, I think it's kind of the one thing that, like I said, I, I don't know, is, is it me? But like, it seems like for like Google, like they come out with things like, you know, the, the, the Google phone and like other things like that. And they don't like they don't, they don't see immediate results. They kind of like they pull the plug on things. And I kind of mm-hmm. bothers me a little bit. I think that if they would have, I and mean, they kind of did it with Stadia a little, a little bit, like they still have it, but they pulled a ton of resources from it from what I've noticed. So they don't have a lot of um, a lot of as many people as they were uh, working on as they did originally. And so I think it, if I think if they would just put the time and the effort into it and just lay, wait to see if it bears fruit, I think they could actually do something, you know, like maybe they have, you know, they bring in their own studios and maybe they maybe wheel and deal a little bit and they're able to get some better games. Like you were saying, you know, uh, get some better games, you know, build up a bigger library for people, maybe work on those tiny little bugs uh, and things like that. You know, hopefully, you know, getting those uh, more hardcore gamers and multiplayer games, multiplayer gamers in there and just hopefully maybe working on that a little bit. It might have, you know, might iron out some issues that they're having with it. And I think I think it's what Microsoft's been doing, though, is they, they've kind of seen that they, they're looking at more of the long game, like you said, James. Well, and they're, they're playing with economics of scale, and that's going to be the issue, is can they capture enough people into their system to pay for it? Yep. Got to, I was reading got some interesting articles about this, and like to release AAA titles like monthly, completely paid for by the Xbox you know, Game Pass, mm-hmm. they would have to get most of the active gamers in the world to sign up for their subscription. It's like, can they, can they get like 6 million subscribers signed up for their system before they go bankrupt? It's going to be there. Well, that's the thing though, too. They've, they've got it set up. They're going to be having it set up. Like you were saying is they're going to have it even more backwards compatible. Like they're, they're going to have phones. They're going to have the series X's. They're even going to be, uh, they're possibly even talking about, you might actually even be able to do it on, uh, on an app on just on a, on your TVs. 
like and all you have to do is have a a bluetooth like a, a maybe either a hardwired um uh, uh controller or a bluetooth controller possibly in there and you don't even have to own a console at that point i mean it's basically what stadia does right like they they don't even have like it's a dongle right is yeah, that what you just it'll connect uh either a cable directly to your computer router but if you're using like a tv the um the chromecast the controller connects through the chromecast so mm-hmm. if you plug that into like a fire stick wherever you're at you plug it in boom you can game See, it, I mean, it works awesome. It looks beautiful. It's just you know, if you're like I said, if you're not playing a, a multiplayer game, Stadia. Like if like if you're listening right now, and you're not a big multiplayer game, and you like gaming, go go play Stadia. Ten dollars a month for Stadia Pro is worth every penny, and they even have free games you can play. So I definitely mm-hmm. recommend it. It's just not Sounds for the, the hardcore gamers. No, I understand completely. So, but yeah, so moving on from that, there's a few more things that got announced. Uh, I know James, you may not care as much, but April O'Neil got announced as a playable character in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles side scroller Shredder's Revenge. It's my jam right there. I'm I just had to say it because I'm a I'm a huge TMNT fan. Um, Wait, Shredder's Revenge. So is this like a sequel to the freaking arcade game we used to yeah. play like Chuck E. Cheese? Yeah, <laughs> the thing that we dumped so many tokens into, and I was like, thank God my uncle works here because I can get free tokens. So, but yeah, that's that was the only thing that I went there for. Um, but yeah, that's kind, it's kind of got that feel to it, and it's got the same little side scrolling kind of things going on. But they just randomly threw in it's a brand new game. And they threw in April O'Neil in there as a as a play per character, so I thought that was pretty cool. So, um, and then they also announced uh, Metroid Dread. Uh, they have a trailer two they dropped for it. Have you seen this yet, James? At all? I haven't looked at it, but Metroid is always a fun game. Well, yeah, yeah. Like I said that's it's one of uh, Nintendo's staples on one of their pillars. Um, so that was really cool. Um, it, that's kind of more of another side scroller game. They're kind of going back to that old school stuff, but they're also kind of adding a few more targeting things in there that. Uh, They've, they've pulled from some of the newer games. Um, and another really weird one I saw, it's uh, Giants Uprising. They released a cinematic trailer for that. So you actually play as a giant as uh, you were. Uh, so the whole premise is you are a giant that has uh, been newly freed from enslavement at the hands of humans. And your goal is to get revenge on those who have wronged you. Uh, if you want to hmm. try this, there's a demo on Steam. <laughs> so it looks bizarre. I don't know what it's going to be like. I'm not sure what to think of that. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I don't know either. It's just like you're just going to be walking around like stomping on people. I, I don't know. That's why I said it looks it looks kind of bizarre and interesting. So I just don't know what the whole premise behind it would be. So well, it just sounds like it would be really easy. Like, is this just you walking around stomping on people? Is that like the whole game, or and maybe, or maybe it's like you know you have to fight like hundreds or thousands of like little 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 folks, as it were. You know, maybe that's the whole thing. You know, I don't know. I just don't want to see what the story. I don't. I'm gonna be interested to see what the story is like from there. I'm gonna down probably download the demo on Steam. Uh, I don't know, sometime in the next week or so, because I could have switch over to nights here next weekend. So maybe, maybe I'll grab it here. But um, the other thing I was going to tell you about, they had a ton of like little indie games, James. And the one that really piqued my interest was I saw this. Um, it's called the cult. It's called Cult of Lamb. If you want to see this, it's it is bizarre. So you basically play this little lamb that is kind of gets possessed by a demon inside of a ceremony like you're there were there the people are going to sacrifice you because you're a sacrificial lamb and somehow you get possessed by a demon and then you get free you you kill your captors and then people start to worship you 
it is it is so weird and so out there i was like it sounds like that could be a lot of fun (laughs) this well yeah and then you have to go and battle other other little animals that have possessed been possessed by demons and it kind of has that uh sakura of rice and ruin feel to it like you know you have to like build up your settlement a little bit and you have to go out Mm -hmm. and like fight the bad guys and things like that it it looks really fun yeah this looks like a lot of fun it looks really it looks cutie but there's a lot of blood in it (laughs) so it's like some a lot of fluff and blood so but yeah those are the big announcements from the gamescom 2021 um uh, if there's anything that you guys have uh, out there in podcast land thought of or did, heard about from Gamescom, let us know uh, that we didn't talk about on here. Um, we're going to be moving on just a little bit. Um, so we're moving on to the next piece of news, which is I don't know how you feel about this, James. Um, Overwatch McCree, Overwatch's McCree is going to get renamed. Do you see this? Yeah, no surprise there. Uh, well, they've got a lot of flack in the last week or so. You know, I think they're just going to call him the Cowboy now. Seriously, that's that's what you think about that? Uh, uh, well, <laughs> if you haven't kept up with the Blizzard controversy, uh, the Sir Swag. Uh, YouTube channel did a a big feature on it and their uh, uh, gaming news without the bullshit for this month. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a colossal, you know. In my, but yeah, part of my they've, French, they've yeah. been going through removing references to all the developers in all their games, and it's it's just becoming really embarrassing. I'm really wondering if we're going to see the death of Blizzard over this one. That's what really makes me sad is because I really want to see. Um, I really want to play Diablo 2, but I'm also like, I'm really hoping for Diablo 4 to be released before, you know, you know, maybe or maybe uh, it happens is that maybe Activision and Blizzard part ways. Well, you know, that would be nice. Maybe maybe Diablo 4 will get the Hellgate London treatment. Yeah, I, you know, or maybe they make a- I did actually enjoy that game. It was a good game. But yeah, I know. So, sir, do you have any opinion on the uh, Overwatch McCree story at all? None at all. Never played it. <laughs> that's my life. that's really just like, you're like, Overwatch, what's that? You know, get off my lawn. <laughs> no, no, I get it, man. But yeah, it's, it's just kind of one of those strange kind of stories that I, I was like, well, I'll just throw this in there because it's just, it's one. I hate, him. I hate McCree anyway. He's a terrible character. Oh, yeah. It's, well, hey, I like Matt Mercer as his voice, but I do not like him as a, as I, I do not like to play that character. So no. it's, it just, yeah, Roadhog, it is Roadhog is my jam. It's okay. I won't hold it against you. I'm more of a Zenyatta kind of guy. So that's just me, though. It's okay. But, anyways, so moving on from, you know, less happy news to more happy news or happier news. Uh, did you guys get a chance to see that uh, spot, the new Spider Man? Uh, no way home at all you seen that trailer at all either of you guys yeah oh yeah uh that's that's what i was alluding to earlier when you were talking (laughs) about dr strange change time or whatever i was like hey yes we're talking about spider-man now (laughs) (laughs) we definitely are and my brain was just like nope i'm not gonna make that mental connection i'm apparently you've got more brain cells uh, on one hour of sleep as opposed to i have on six so it's okay congratulations But yeah, because you know, I, I knew nothing about it, you know, other than No Way Home, and I knew somehow there were going to be some sort of multi-dimensional things. But after watching um, the Loki show, forgot the name of it. But after watching that, I assumed that that was somehow going to make it into the Spider-Man. But uh, mm-hmm. based on that trailer, it, they're going a different route. They're doing the. I, I've heard about it from the comics. I never actually read the comics. When basically, uh, I know that you know. Um, well, I don't want 
spoilers if you haven't actually watched the trailer and you're listening to this presentation. But yeah, yeah we I, can spoil a trailer. It's fine. Yeah. I, I <laughs> I'm going to say somebody's everybody's watched because they had thirty or three hundred fifty five point yeah. five million views in the first twenty four hours. I'm pretty sure everyone has seen this trailer. But... Actually, I'm on YouTube right now. It's got sixty two million views. Holy wow. mother of God! <laughs> nice. So, but anyways, go ahead, sir. Sorry. Had, uh, so I, I knew the storyline of Peter Parker. Uh, everybody knew his name, and he, you know, did the magic to where uh, nobody knew his name again. But I, from what I understand, that was kind of a big deal in the in the comics. I didn't know if you know Marvel would actually go that route and actually do that because the ramifications are, you know, well, obviously because of the what the movie is, the ramifications are crazy of how that affects so many things. So, I mean, it was really interesting seeing that that's what they're going to do here and. I am one of those anti-spoiler people. I, I watched just enough to know that I want to see it and then I cut it off. I'm done. You know, so I saw that storyline. I said, oh, I'm I'm in. So whatever this is, is I'm in. And, you know, if they release another trailer, I'm not going to watch it. Any previews, whatever. I'm going to avoid it because now I know what kind of what's going on. And I know enough to know I'm, I want to see this movie. So when it drops, I'll be there Open, opening day or whatever, you know, whatever maybe. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I've ruined a lot of movies by trying to look up a review online and say, oh, is this a good movie or not? And you read half the review. I'm like, okay, you spoiled the entire thing. I guess I don't need to watch the movie now. <laughs> no, yeah, that's I, I, I can agree with that, you know, and I, I, I'm of the law of the mind of I pretty much will just watch the first drop trailer that they do just and I won't do anything else after that if I really like the film. So I, I said, I watched this one and I was super ecstatic to watch it because, like I said, I had a lot of really awesome little tidbits in there. I, I will say this. They're bringing back a lot of old characters from the other movies. I will say that yes. um, without ruining a bunch of stuff. And it, and it makes me really excited and really happy for these movies, uh, this series of Spider-Man movies, because I'm a huge fan of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films. And I, I just I can't wait to kind of see what little what little tidbits they throw into the movie and whatnot. So, well, and I suspect this is meant to serve as a bridge too, between the old, like, you know, the first three phases of the Marvel (laughs) cinematic universe where they did the Avengers storyline. And now they're going to move on to something else. So this is probably going to be a bridge. It's basically Disney saying we play nice with Sony. Yay. (laughs) Come, come be our friend, Sony. Come be our friend. You want to give us at this point, I just want to see the X-Men part of the Marvel cinematic universe. I, (laughs) that's right. It'll get there. Eventually they try, they try with new mutants a little bit and uh, dark Phoenix a little bit, which I'm not even, don't even get me started on that. It was just, that was something else entirely. But like New Mutants wasn't terrible. It wasn't great, but it wasn't terrible. Um, What's that? Did not care for that one. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I was like, it wasn't like, I wasn't like ecstatic about it, but I was just like, what is, what is going on here? Like you could tell that somebody got their fingers in there and they just kind of messed with the, they messed with the pudding a little bit too much. And it it definitely came out tasting sour in my opinion, but but yeah, I know. I, uh, that I don't know what got away from you right there. <laughs> yeah, it did. It happens. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> you know what? It, sometimes my brain makes mental connections that just don't make sense <laughs> to other people, but it made sense to me, and yeah. it's are gonna go it. So you know, you know what, what, James? It, it's they, like the fish sticks and custard thing from Doctor. <laughs> it's it, it's <laughs> not a good combination. Yeah, and there we go. They stuck the fish sticks in the custard, guys. Not a good combination. <laughs> There you go. That's just, yeah, I don't know what's going on with my brain today. So anyways, um, sleep deprivation, that's what's going on with my brain. Um, but anyways, so I'm really excited to see how they what they do with this. And I, I kind of hope that the, 
they 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 put all the little fun stuff in, and i cannot wait to see how all the other marvel movies will tie into this so yeah. it's the yeah. most excited i've been about a marvel movie for a while now so yeah then and jackie actually told me that uh she wants me to take her to go see this one uh if it comes it depending on if it comes out if, it, if they release it on um a disney plus probably just gonna sit in and watch it i can't imagine they'll do that now with this one black that's what Widow, i said black widow they pushed back 600 times and they, you know they they weren't sure about it and they're like you know what, let's let's do it let's do it both ways but this is spider-man you know people are gonna go see spider-man so that's what i said I, I was like i, I kind of and i'm kind of interested to see what they do with it because they're they're kind of like doing a mixed bag right now i don't know if you've noticed what well, this is kind of going on a tangent a little bit but like with they released black widow on disney plus on the mm-hmm. premiere and in theaters but then when like shang chi they did just theater release yeah, which have- is which is bizarre yeah well i uh, well they got sued after black widow so maybe they were like you know what let's not mess around <laughs> you know just, yeah, let's just not, yeah not mess around you, you know, know it's it, like i don't i don't know like why would they do that why yeah. do you think sir well it's got to be that balance you know because with kobe going on there's not as many people going to the movie theater i i, I want to see shang chi but i'm not I'm just right now i'm not going to the theater uh so there, there's stuff like that where even if i want to see it i'm just not necessarily going out you know i got a baby at home i just i'm not messing with it mm-hmm. so you know if you put it for 30 bucks on a streaming service a lot more people are going to buy it but you're just the the revenue is is different and like you know uh with the actors from what i understand a lot of their contracts are based on theatrical uh uh mm-hmm. Not budget revenue. Revenue. They get a percent of the. Yeah. They get percent of gross. Yeah. yeah so yeah. If, if it makes you know X amount of dollars at the theater, they'll make more money. But if they own makes you know smaller amount of money, but makes more on Disney Plus, that may not be worked into their contracts or whatever. So it's just it's just a mess. And I honestly, I don't know how they you know how they're making two hundred million dollar movies right now with this with in the COVID era because you're not going to make more than two hundred million, even if you know people are, you know if you got. I don't know the numbers. I'm pulling this out of my butt, but if, if there are 50 million people to subscribe to Disney Plus, you're not going to get 20 million more people to subscribe because of one movie. You know, no. so I just don't know how you recoup 200 million dollars on a movie. So it's just well, a, a shell game and a play game, and they're trying to figure out how to make money on the back end and get the most eyes on it. You know. Yeah, I think a lot of these movies are probably mostly made, or they've already sunk, you know, too many millions of dollars to stop. Because I mean, they probably filmed these things two or three years ago, and now they've been working on editing and then production and everything else. And so, I mean, I know COVID hit last year, but if they've got a movie that's half made that they already dumped like a hundred million dollars into. What are they gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, I feel like they we're, gotta release we're it. seeing the ripples now. But my 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 biggest question is, you know, four years from now, what does the movie scene look like? Because that means exactly. you have to start. Exactly, you would have to budget. You would have to find actors. All that during the COVID era. So I just don't know how you're gonna actually allocate a two hundred million dollar budget, knowing that you know you're not gonna make a billion dollars at the movie theater. You're just not not right now. Yeah, I think you're right. We're going to see a big gap in movies and games and everything coming up. You know, like I said, next spring, we're going to see just a big gap where everything well, that just didn't yeah, happen I mean, over the last couple of years. Like that, it's, it's just like this is like further down the food chain, right? You know, like mm-hmm. talking about computer parts, like it's it's almost nigh impossible to get, you know, graphics cards at a reasonable rate right now. Right. And it's it's the same thing with like cell phones. And then it's already, you're even starting to see this with like with like with, with vehicles like and stuff like that. You're. I like some of the guys that I, I, I work with, they're t- like, they look online and they see, Hey, I can sell my 2004 Ford pickup for 
an extra $2,500 and it's been used and it's got 167,000 miles on it. It's just like when, in fact, because you can't get in and you can't go up the road to the dealership because they've got nothing, no, no used vehicles in stock because they're just not making stuff anymore. It's the same thing. So you're going to see these ripple effects, you know, throughout our economy add the world economy for the next, you know, probably like three, four years, probably. So. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how things shake out. So we will uh, we will wait and see, guys. And hopefully you'll hear from us in three or four years uh, on how we feel <laughs> about things. You know, may, maybe we'll just be old and crotchy and be like, just get off my lawn. And, you know, you know, it's that back of my day. MCU was good. Who knows? You know, <laughs> who knows? And that's probably like, but be, but it will probably be us. So it all um, went downhill after they killed off Iron Man. <laughs> it's well, you know, it's, it's true. You can't you can't ever bring Iron Man back. So. All right. So uh, we have actually a little bit of a catch-up story we're going to do real quick um james do you want to talk about the um the youtuber on the retro game scam? sure so yeah last time we had this podcast we talked a little bit about um they've been selling retro video games for ungodly millions of dollars yeah <laughs> uh it's uh way more money <laughs> that we will see in our lifetime that's that's exactly what happened and we talked about how uh, there's a YouTuber called Carl Jobs, who is very well respected in the speedrunning community, dropped a almost hour long video talking about how this has happened and how this is pretty much exactly what happened in the 1980s and 1990s with the collectible coin boom. And in fact, many of the very same people are involved uh, <laughs> in the ownership of the video game grading company, Wada Games, which is actually not the first video game grading company, but they also have a partnership with an auction house owned by the same guy who did the coin bust thing partnership (laughs) yeah they say it's a partnership but actually their executives are on both companies so they're pretty much the same for all intents and purposes wada games is owned by the auction house heritage auction house something's rotten in denmark methinks that's what i feel so yeah they've created this uh this retro video game bubble where things have gone from like 40 bucks or 80 bucks for a copy of mario to people are selling mario games for 100 billion dollars i mean yeah that's that's ridiculous and so like you said you know this uh carl drops you know he pointed this out and you and luckily you showed me this youtube video and sent it over to me and i i had no idea what this was going on like you know i'm sure most of the world probably didn't know this was going on but you kind of watch this stuff and it just kind of starts to make it and i'm not a big fan of conspiracy theories but you know when the when the dots line up like pretty evenly you know where there's smoke there's usually fire you know it's you kind of go i with mean it. this isn't this isn't a conspiracy theory the guy who owns heritage auction house literally wrote the book on how to make money on collectible coins and he is doing the exact same thing that he almost went to jail for 20 years ago and it sounds I like mean... he so apparently what you're saying is he didn't learn his lesson and he's probably going to end up you know getting some hefty fines you know, I'm sure I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I kind of feel that, you know, the the way these two companies are meshed together and are so tightly interwound, I think there's a lot of familiarity within within these companies that kind of just, you know, smacks of uh, just a lot of greed. <laughs> um, and I think that's kind of where this is going. And I think, you're, like I said, in the next couple of years, I think you're going to see either the federal government probably probably throw a lawsuit at these guys or if maybe even not them, maybe one of the state like a local, like a state government um, would probably bring something up against these guys because it's just 
it, uh, I just don't foresee like I don't foresee that this can last as long as it is as you know. No, as it I does. think the I think the bubble's about to burst. Uh, yeah, especially with like, the last one they just sold. They sold a, a Super Mario three game, <laughs> and it actually topped more than the Super Mario Bros game actually did. It's even it was even higher. Wow. Like by a little bit, it was like two million as opposed to like one point five. But I was just like, "That is insane!" It's like, an absurd who? amount of money. And the thing is, when you look at this stuff, it's literally friends of uh, people on like the other boards or like people that work for them. It, they're buying these games for these people, and then they're reposting them a few months later for higher prices. Right? Well, and that's the market of a of a collectible item you know, bubble is it's not being bought by collectors. It's being yep. bought by speculators. Yep. And that's what they're doing. And that's just kind of, that's why I said, I, I just don't foresee this as uh, a good thing that's going to come out in, in the long run. So, all right. So final happy story of the, of the day um, after pumping all that money into China to make them happy. And uh, uh, Blizzard is now going to have their, uh, <laughs> have their hours cut in china by uh to three hours a week for all uh children of 16 years or younger so china limited the is basically passed a law uh basically requiring that all children are 16 are no longer allowed to play for more than three hours a week uh, of video games um so like i said blizzard they pumped a ton of money in this chinese market i'm like they're gonna just get demolished because that's actually one of the biggest markets for them right now right james uh, for a lot of things, yeah. yeah Especially like the MOBAs and the competitive games are yep. huge in China. So what do you what do you think about China uh, putting their? Uh, uh, I'm not sure because part of me is like, well, are they actually trying to help young kids? Probably not. I think they want to limit the exposure of young children to Western ideals. What are you talking and, about, James? And they've also well, also the China's had a big problem with kids using video games to get around their censorship laws and to get around the government surveillance. Like people, when Animal Crossing came out last year, people were writing messages in the sand in Animal Crossing yep. to wow. try and get around the government, the yeah, government censorship the, of everything. For, uh, protests in Hong Kong, right? Yes, yeah, so I think this is really another move that the government is, you know, ostensibly doing for children that they're just trying to crack down on information control even tighter no i i totally i understand i, I completely agree um do you kind of stare the same sentiments sir or mm. are you kind of uh <laughs> it's more of a kill two birds with one stone kind of thing in my head yeah because mm-hmm. like a, as a a father of a two-year-old during covid like i understand kids will get addicted to electronics <laughs> you know? i mean hell we're, we're i'm, ad- I'm yeah. addicted to electronics let's be honest <laughs> with you I, our generation like we sit in front of a screen for how many hours a day you know it's just like you know either be it for work or whatever it is so yeah you know it's, I, I was so ide- idealistic those parents to say i didn't show my kid a screen for two years and i, I oh bless God. you bless you parent and i don't know how you did it but i salute you because <laughs> yeah, it's just not a possibility I, I in my home i don't right have now. the energy that's why i was like well, we, we, we started to do in screens with my kid this year too and and that's i kind of finally told jack i was like we we have to like get at least get him like like give me 30 minutes like just give him 30 minutes of screen time even that like they just that gives me a little bit of quiet time where i can sit there and i can actually get yeah. something done. <laughs> so. yeah, especially like we were, we're, we're both trying to work from home and it's like, uh, like oh my god you're that's you're better than i see i'm still <laughs> my wife and i she's a teacher here in town and so like at least we're still kind of going to and from work and we're kind of having that you know uh, thing but like yeah, i couldn't imagine you know being in the same house with your spouse working 
and trying to watch two kids that and that is that's tough man my heart goes out to you on that one yeah so So. i mean so bringing it back like you know, I understand maybe 12, 13, 14 year olds are probably glued to whatever console, or whatever. And you're honestly, your mind is shaped at that age. And like, I don't I don't necessarily think that, you know, playing a violent video game is going to make you a violent person. But it just the the setups and, you know, the the way things are framed, that's that's how your mind kind of thinks uh, what's normal. And the people you talk to will kind of mm-hmm. you understand that's that's what's normal in the world based on your interactions, or whatever. So. If you do that, you know, three hours a day, five days a week, that that can affect who you grew up to be. So I, I understand trying to limit that, but how that works in real life, I have no idea. Like, are, is there some sort of code that you know locks up the game after three hours? Mm-hmm. Is you know, I don't know how that works in real life, and it probably is more about censorship because you know you, you want to limit what they can do. But at the end of the day, I don't I don't know how it physically works, and it's probably. One of those laws that sounds good on paper that so people voted for it or well it's well they definitely did vote for it <laughs> not in China <laughs> and in China it probably literally is in the game code they already yeah. have a law in China where uh, you can't release a game on the Chinese market without letting the government have a backdoor to the to the game servers must, that's with everything in China but yeah so but yeah. what I what I what I took from from that sir from what you're saying is <laughs> so what you're basically saying is if you want to get your kid off of uh, video games. Send them over to you. You'll have an internship for them for woodworking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what you're going to do. That's what you're going to do. I will gladly do that. Yeah. <laughs> joking, guys. Joking. Uh, don't, 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 don't bother the man. So <laughs> he's got plenty of, t- plenty of stuff on his plate right now with the, with all those kids and, and working from home. So, but yeah, that's, that, that's, I'm kind of the same kind of mind. I'm kind of in the middle with both of you guys too, a little bit. You know, it's, I, I see where China is coming from on this a little bit. You know, they, they're, they're they're a huge surveillance country and they're all about you know monitoring every little thing that their people do and and they're just trying to watch you know limit the amount of uh limit the amount of ways that their people can have a normal uh discourse amongst themselves and that that you know that they're able to track at least and they can put their thumb down on it a little bit but at the same time you know i get it you know i i get you know you know if 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 it was my kids I would want to limit them, you know, playing a ton of video games, watching TV. It's kind of like, you know, my wife and I, we have this agreement. You know, we don't let Lewis watch more than an hour a day uh, of television or screen time, whatever it is, because we want him to, you know, interact with people and get mm-hmm. out there and do stuff. Um, but unless he goes over to James's house and he just watches a ton of My Hero Academia. You know, there's worse things he could be watching. But anyways, I'm joking. Gotta do. <laughs> I, 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 I talked about that screen time. But yeah, I get it. You know, it's it's tough to try to, uh, you know, want to have to especially tell, take care of your kids for, you know, especially if you're working from home or, you know, God forbid you're a single parent, you know, you know, trying to do that and watch your kids. Yeah. That's a lot. You know, you got to have some kind of way to, you know, be able to, uh, you, I hate to say, you know, television nanny a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, well, it's, but that's got to come from the parents though. I mean, that, yeah, it's, and that, that's come, that just can't come from the government. That's got to be parents exactly. saying, you know, this is what we want for our kids. Yeah. And it's the right thing to do. I mean, I, I do think I agree with you, sir, that kids should not be on electronics all day, every day. I think you're right. It teaches them. It's not, again, it's not the violence thing. I think it's that it teaches that expectation of constant stimulation, that expectation instant of gratification. Like, instant gratification. It teaches them to kind of gamify the way they deal with the world. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things you learn from games you probably don't need to know at that age. Yeah. Yep. So what you're saying, James, is to juxtapose the internship with Sir, you're going to be doing an internship on miniature painting? Is that what you're going to be sure. doing? Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, James. Uh, so we have a D and D group, and James does. He paints uh, miniatures for kind of like relaxation. I would say. Yeah. Uh, and and much. he, you do a really good job. I'll, I'll put it this way. I, I, I'm pleasantly surprised every time you come over. And, and you have a different miniature painted each time. And it's it's pretty cool to watch. So mm-hmm. I, just, I would I w- never. I watched, I watched YouTube videos of people doing that. You know, just I don't know why. You know, it's just, oh, it's, it looks so relaxing. You why know, do we watch really... anything on YouTube? <laughs> like, it's, it's like, it it's because relaxing. it's fascinating, right? You know, I just got done watching a uh, a Korean street food um uh YouTube video. Or it was like 20 minutes before we got going here. I'm just like watching and I'm like, that would be crazy to watch. How do they make it? It's like how they make it. And like they're folding mm-hmm. the bread like. 72 times and then they cut a little hole and they put like cream filling in it i'm just like oh that looks so good now those, like, those videos are dangerous I mean. why did i watch that <laughs> why did i watch that because it looked really good so but yeah but yeah that's uh i think that's pretty much everything to do with the news today guys do you have any other bits and tidbits uh of news that uh that uh, you guys might uh want to throw in there at all no, no I, I hear there's a civil war on though there's a civil war. Oh, the segue. <laughs> the king of segues, the king of puns, James. I'm so proud that you're here. So finally, guys, we're going to get into the meat of the episode um, in uh, as a uh, as kind of a. Uh, oh, wow. I'm having a brain fart here. We're going to cut this out because it sounds awful with me just kind of having dead air here. Um, as kind of a, uh, uh, not a gift. Wow, I'm having a brain fart. James, what's another word for having a, fr- uh, basically having an event for somebody to come over whenever they come over? I'm a soiree? A I don't know. In light of this soiree, we're going <laughs> to, wow, you're going to cut this. Yeah. See, this is why he's here because my brain will just randomly stop working at times. Um, so, in light, what's that? Just go. It's fine. Just, just go. Are you, you're making fun of me again, you little shit. So, why would I do that? I've never I don't know what I. I know. Uh, I don't bite my. I don't bite my thumb at you. You bite your thumb at me. Um. Anyways, I don't, uh, I don't bite my thumb at you, sir. But I do bite my thumb, sir. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna cut. We're gonna cut this, and we're gonna start here. So, all right. In light of this uh, soiree, as James put it, uh, and having uh, sir over here, we have elected to talk about Captain America: Civil War, uh, which uh, is actually the first introduction of one of Sir's favorite Marvel characters, uh, the Black Panther, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I I will totally agree with you on that, though, that it, this is the introduction of uh, a couple of my favorite characters, mm-hmm. um, you know, Black Panther and uh, actually uh, Spider, the new Spider-Man was, uh, this is the uh, first introduction of both of them into the MCU. So um, James, would you like to do a quick little rundown on the um, uh, Captain America's of War, what it was all about? Uh, sure, I can do that. Haha, ha, I sprung it on you. Didn't expect it, did you? I did not expect that. No, nobody but... expects the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> anyway, Captain America: Civil War is um comes right in the middle of like the twenty movie series of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase One through Three, and it's kind of the midpoint of the storylines for a lot of the major characters, especially. Captain America and Iron Man, who are like the principal characters of this and arguably kind of the principal characters of the whole arc of the story. And um, it is kind of a movie about like this philosophical divide between them where things come to a head early on, where there is a bombing that takes place in Wakanda. No, no, so it's a bombing that happens. It happens at uh, the EU. I believe right. it, it happens at the EU. There's a bombing at the EU. Um, also they're getting a lot of bad press for a lot of the damage they've caused in previous movies like age of Ultron and the United nations 
starts this movement, which is like, I think it was like 117 countries signed on to, to create this oversight committee for superheroes. Uh, one, because of the collateral damage, two, because they're not respecting borders. And then, and so the United Nations is pretty much like, good okay, guys, we're doing this. We want you to sign on to this voluntarily. Go for it. And uh, there's this big roundtable discussion with all the superheroes, and there are some significant differences. Absolutely. Uh, Iron Man is feeling really, really guilty about the stuff he's done, about his selfish life, and he's like having this big selfless moment where he wants to get in on the ground level of this. He's like, if we do this willingly, there's got some feelings there. Where he wants to, you know, be part of the system and, you know, try and keep control of it. And then Captain America is like, hey, I lived my whole life with the government screwing us. You know, Hydra literally took over S.H.I.E.L.D. for a while there. We can't trust these people. You know, we're still yeah. the best judges of what's going on. And uh, it kind of breaks down from there. Is that no, fair? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, the sir had a strong opinion about something I said. <laughs> that's, it's it's the people that, in, that are really into the MCU versus the person that is not as much yourself, James, is not into the MCU. So There's definitely the layman in here. So like I said, it's, okay. it's kind of like it's kind of like when I wade into we, to, into your anime territory, James. It's like well, edu- I don't educate, educate me then. <laughs> go, go ahead. Go ahead, sir. What, 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 you, what did no, you take no. Baron's well, with? So, yeah, my, my biggest. Uh, so there are plenty of. Oh my goodness! Okay. <laughs> oh, you got all fired no, up, James. No, just, the, the idea of the accords is based around oh, they're causing you know everywhere they go, there's collateral yeah. damage, and we need we need you know some reins on them. They need to be responsible mm-hmm. for the actions. But literally, all the examples where you know aliens came out of a big portal mm-hmm. in the sky and tried to destroy the city, they stopped the aliens and the city was destroyed in the process. So what is the other option? You know, they just stay home and let the aliens yeah. destroy everything and then what's well, yeah. not my fault, you know? That's blame it on the aliens, you know. <laughs> and uh Sokovia is like literally the entire city was the whole point was the city was being raised up and dropped in order to basically it's like a a bomb, you know, basically it's just it's yeah. a it's a nuclear bomb without the bomb. They didn't build the apparatus that raised the city up. They just stopped the bomb from you know going off or whatever. So, well, yeah. Yeah, to, they also did to make build Ultron though. So, yeah, well, okay, so, uh... yeah. so yeah, so yeah, you you can you can get mad at Tony for create, for designing <laughs> Ultron, but you can't say they destroyed Sokovia. You know, so it's just they're they're. There are issues with the whole premise of what the Sokovia Accords are for. But besides that, my, my bigger issue, what you were talking about, is you saying Tony was being selfless. You know, it's like, no, Tony Ooh. Tony had his, he, he was in his guilt trip and he, he was blaming himself for the deaths and he was already, in, you know, having his issues. And so he was, he was make he was telling the team to do this because it's what he felt and it was his guilt. You know, everybody else had their own opinions. But no, I'm right. I'm guilty. We shouldn't do this. We need police. We need people, you know, to determine our decisions. It's like, yeah, you feel like you need that because you're feeling guilty, but that objectively, you know, that, that's not a, uh, that's not a logical decision. You're making that decision with your emotions. So I just, I want to push back on that a little bit. Cause I feel like he was, I don't know. That's, that's, that's you buddy. That's, that's not the system. That's not, we need. No, this. I think that. you're absolutely right. Like yeah. he, he's feeling like he screwed up and he wants someone else to tell him when he needs to stop. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree with that actually as well, because like I said, he, he, he definitely kind of comes across as a little, um, I wouldn't say self-serving. It's kind of, he, he, he's trying to, 
Um, he is trying to ease his his conscience quite a bit on that end. That's more of he's basically trying to do all the stuff basically because he just feels bad. Like you guys are saying, he's just trying to ease his own conscience. It's not so much a, like we we need to have this oversight and and make you know do the better do make basically make the right decision and and kind of hand over the power to these people to you know have better oversight. It's it's really just about him trying to ease his conscience and making himself feel better about himself. And That's really what it feels like. And he proved that point later in the movie. I don't know your stance on spoilers because I, I, the, the episodes... You I know what? This movie has been out for, yeah. what, five, six years now? Yeah. Go ahead. Go so, ahead. It's been long enough. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and if he, you haven't so, seen it, it's on Disney Plus too. So like I said, if you guys haven't seen it, that's your own fault. Here we go. We'll do a, you know, five you know spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. Go ahead. There yeah, you go. So, yeah, so, I mean, the premise of all that was... Basically, Tony's saying we need oversight. We need uh, we need people to tell us when we need to go somewhere because you know we can't make the decisions for ourselves. But then, three quarter well, as far as about yeah, just about you know thirty minutes before the movie ends, he finds out that the um, Steve Rogers was right the whole time that this was a big setup by Zimmo or whatever. Zimmo, At yeah. that point, according to your own logic, you should go to Ross. You should say, hey, here's all the information. Should I go? Save Captain Rogers, so, but no, because he thinks he's right, and he thinks the the uh, the Ross or whatever may not make the right decision. He pretends to be flying off one place, throws on yeah. his suit, and flies the other. He's he's he, doing he, the he exact doubled, thing he's been yeah. blaming them for doing. He the whole doubles time. back <laughs> on himself like that, like yeah. a, like a snake trying to eat itself yeah. a little bit, and it just kind of like annoys me. Like, like that is the like you said. I love this. Mo- I like this movie quite a bit, and that's a, a reason why it doesn't make my top. You know top five Marvel movies is because a lot of this, like it's a list. There's so many inconsistencies on like him doubling back on himself. Right. Yeah. And it's mainly because of Tony Stark. Right. But you have like, he, he, he can't just make up his mind. And finally, when, like you said, when he finally comes around to, you know, figuring out, Hey, I was wrong. You know, you know, the whole time I was wrong, you know, but I don't trust the people that I was trying to put my faith in to begin with. It's like, it just, it is, oh, it made me so mad to watch that. But luckily you have like some pretty like clear cut, I, you know, uh, personalities in here. Like, you know, you have uh, Steve Rogers and you don't have to worry about Steve. He's always going to be that, 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 you know, kind of like that North star in the Marvel universe. You don't have well, to worry about him changing you know, a little bit, right? So the thing with Steve though, too, is like he ultimately turned out to be right, but he didn't know that until the very end of the movie. Like he, uh, like he had a video of his friend killing a bunch of people, and he just decided to trust him to the point of you know becoming a criminal himself and I fighting mean, his own teammates. I mean, to be fair though, that's kind of like that's kind of a lot of decisions you do in life. You don't know if it's going to work out well for you or not, you know. And that's he kind of goes on his best judgment, you know. And even still, he wasn't necessarily just trying to run away at, at the beginning. Anyway, he wasn't trying yeah. to run away with the Winter Soldier. He was just trying to bring him in safely because they were trying to kill him on sight. So he was like. So even when uh, they were arrested in uh, Shannon, Sharon, Shannon, Sharon Carter, yeah, Sharon Carter, she was like, this isn't how you want it to turn out. He, he was still saying, hey, at least he's not dead. We may be captured, but he's safe. We're here. Yeah, you know, that's good. Day, that's what I wanted to happen. So, yeah, it, it, it went to, you know, shit. It went to shit afterwards because it's the most planned. But, you know, uh, you know, from Captain Roger's standpoint, he was trying to do the right thing. He still um, Winter Soldier still got brought in safely or whatever. So. That's what he was trying to do at the end of the day. But yeah, yeah. So that is a kind of our, our initial feelings on this stuff. So guys, so let's let's dig a little bit more into this. So obviously, um, Captain America Civil War, 
if you guys haven't seen this yet, is a 2016 uh, American superhero film uh, based on the Marvel comics, Captain America, uh, Captain America. Uh, it's produced by Marvel Studios, Walt Disney uh, Studios, Motion Pictures. Uh, it is technically the third movie in the Captain America series. You got Captain America First Avenger, then you have Captain America the Winter Soldier um, that comes before us, which actually introduces uh, the um, uh, uh, Winter Soldier, who is, you know, Bucky Barnes. Spoilers, if everybody hasn't seen this. Um, but this is actually the 13th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. Um, and it, it was a written by the screen. Uh, the screenplay was written by Mar uh, Christopher Marcus and Steve McFeely. And it stars the big boys and the big gals. You know, all the all the big players in the Mar Marvel Cinematic Universe. You got, you got Chris Evans. You got um, Robert, Down Robert Downey Jr., Scarlett Johansson, Sebastian, Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie, Don Cheadle, Jeremy Rayner, Chadwick Boseman, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Rudd, Emily Van Camp, Tom Holland, Frank uh, Grilliolo, uh, William Hurt, and, and Daniel Brühl. Um, now, these are all, like I said, these guys, they're in the whole thing. I mean, it has so many of the characters involved that you could have just called it an Avengers movie and not a Captain America well, that's movie. That's kind of what I was wondering, too, right? So, like, I don't think they wanted to do that because they had this huge cast of people in there. But I think they kind of wanted to make it a nice little end cap for, no pun intended, for that for the Captain America, you know, trilogy. So, I think that's why they did that. I mean, they could have, well, like you said, they could have made it I think they also did three Iron Mans, and so this kind yeah. of balances that out. Now that you have three for each of them, but which I kind of wish they would would have done that for some of the other bigger characters. Like I think they had, didn't they? You might know this a little bit better than I do, sir. Um, do you know uh, were they planning on doing a Black Panther trilogy? Because I know they've got the yeah. second one, yeah. so they are. Yeah, yeah. I think pretty much everybody had their three. Uh, Black Panther two, Wakanda Forever is in production now. Uh, yeah. Thor had his three. Yeah. Iron Man had his three. Everybody, the, everybody had the little trilogy except for like uh, Hulk. Hulk. Hulk actually has his coming up now. So yeah, he's got he's got a, his actual franchise coming up because it's kind of weird. They kind of like stuck him in Thor Ragnarok, and then I guess they're just uh, trying to see if he was going to be one to do it. I guess Mark Ruffalo is like, yeah, sign me up. This is a cash cow. <laughs> Let me you know. So I don't know. If, and like I said on top of that, I don't know if Scarlett Johansson's going to be doing three now. You know, yeah. talking about that earlier, she's only got There's the one. There's a pretty good chance that uh, Disney's going to shit can her at this point after well, that I mean, lawsuit. <laughs> if, yeah. if you've seen Black Widow, I don't know exactly how. I think it was all a setup. So maybe it'll be three quote-unquote Black Widow movies, but not three Scarlett Johansson movies. I think oh, that they may, they may okay. do it that Makes way. Makes sense. Yeah. Kind of like what they're doing with uh, uh, Black Panther. It's going to be yeah. either his uh, sister or somebody else is going to yeah. kind of take up the mantle. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking too, so. But um, but yeah, so this whole like, you know, uh, talking about how this uh, I'm trying to think of this. So let's let's do some questions on this. So obviously we've all seen this movie. Um, when did you when did you first see the movie? Like, did you see it on opening day when it first came out? Did you go see it theaters or did you see it on Disney Plus like a bum? Uh, that you're stealing from uh, from your friend David, possibly James. I saw it. I saw it on Netflix <laughs> actually when it was in Netflix because this one oh, really? for a while there. Well, because I remember all the Marvel movies were on Netflix like uh, a year after the release. Oh, they were for a while. For a while now, before Disney Plus, you know, brought all the stuff back under the Disney banner. Because yeah, so, whenever it first came out, I was in med school still, and I was way too busy to to go to the theater. So 
Yeah, I I can see that, sir. Where I, you... I caught up, oh. I caught up on all the Marvel movies whenever it was time for uh, I think Avengers Endgame. I sat down and I binged them all over the course of a week. You or know, two. you could have signed up for that. Uh, <laughs> was it the thirty-six hour marathon that some of these theaters had? You can sit there in a theater and watch all of them. I, yeah, I've heard. I guess sore. I guess sore. <laughs> well, I I actually heard of some. So um, I cannot remember his name. He is on uh, the a podcast with Kevin Smith. He actually does. He actually did. It's Fat Man on Batman is what they do. He actually went to the theater and sat down and did the whole like it was like 38 or 36 hour marathon. And I was just like, he stayed in there for 36 hours to, and he, he watched like uh, Infinity War when it came out. And I was like, you like, God I bless mean, you, man. Who could That's eat 30, a lot. I'm just saying who could eat 36 hours of movie theater food? I'd be like spending half that time in the John in the back. I mean, I mean, yeah, you that would be super stopped up and you're just like, give me, give me a diaper or something, something to loosen me up. You know, it's just like, you know, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, sir. So sir, where did you actually first, uh, uh, see this movie? Oh yeah. Movie theater. Oh, you know, pretty much all of these pre COVID I'm movie theater opening weekend, you know, um, I'm, well past the first couple months, but yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a movie fan, you know, that's, that's what I do. And this was leading. And I guess because of kind of how you're talking about how it could have been an Avengers movie and just because of Infinity War and Endgame coming afterwards, it kind of, um, it its memory is lessened and watered down a bit. But when this came out, this was a huge deal. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. So this was a big deal. Opening weekend, I was, I was there. I watched it, you know. Um, again, I have issues with the ending. We can talk about that later, but I don't, <laughs> that's why this was not really remembered in the, the the pantheon with the two big ones but like this was i was there opening weekend saw it and was like it, this is gotta talk about this one <laughs> so no, absolutely. tell us what you think about the ending while we're on the topic yeah so yeah what do, you, what do you feel about the ending like what 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 <laughs> irks you at the ending <laughs> the, uh zimmo's plan just it makes no sense it, fall, it falls apart as to what exactly was supposed to happen here you know so i so i'm i'm gonna I'm gonna tell my understanding of what it what just happened, and then yeah, you guys right. explain it to me from your end. So, his wife, child, and father die in Sokovia. They lived in the outskirts, you know, whatever. They they got killed in the, the aftermath. He wants vengeance on the Avengers. He says, "Well, obviously, I can't beat them up. I can beat them psychologically." So, question mark from here. He, I guess, because he worked in intelligence, he knows the other super soldiers exist somehow. So he goes and checks down the guy that has um, has the knowledge. Um, he he doesn't want to tell him, so he kills him and takes the uh, the Winter Soldier book and says, "Well, that's the next best thing. I can force it out of the Winter Soldier by reading these words." Uh, again, his plan. I guess he has two, a two part plan. Plan part one is to kill the super soldiers because super people killed his family, so he just doesn't want super people to exist. So he kills all the super soldiers. But then part two was to tear the Avengers apart from within. Now, how that was supposed to get executed, I have no idea. He just so happened to hope that everybody was in the room at the same time and that he could play the video footage. And then Tony Stark would get super mad that the Winter Soldier killed his dad and it would just break the relationship. And that, I guess that was his plan from the whole start. But how like that, that, how, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. So the whole Leading up to the movie was great. I mean, sorry, leading up to the ending was great. The 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 big scene at the airport was great. But then finding out the end of the movie is just 
them fighting each other because Zemo played the videotape of Tony Stark's father getting killed and everybody just happened to be there because Tony Stark had no idea where they were, you know? And so, yes, it just, that didn't make any sense to me. And I think that the ending was really weak here, which is why I think it's not remembered as, as well as the other ones. Yeah, I guess two things I'd say. It's like, I agree with you. It doesn't make any sense. His whole plan relied on them not communicating with each other and, you know, not being a team. And then it just happening to work out the way he wanted it to. I mean, it's the, it's like the plan of a child, right? You know, if you're here and you're here and I'm here, then I'll say this and it's all going to work out. And I, I honestly think the ending would have been better if Zemo wasn't even there. Like, I don't think the movie needed a supervillain. It could have just been them fighting over a difference of philosophy. And I think that would have been a, a more memorable film. I yeah. think to me, to me, it kind of undermines the whole like emotional impact in the movie that you've had this whole movie about the two of them having this, you know, big difference of opinion and how this has rippled out to everyone else in the team. And then at the end, they're like, oh, wait, you can be friends now. There was someone, you know, there was a mastermind at work. So it's, it's all undone now. And it, it, just, it was Modoc the whole time, James. It's just like, why did we need a villain behind this? Why couldn't it just been people being people? <laughs> I mean, because that's one of the beauty for Marvel for me is that they're, the superheroes are still people and they do the stupid things that people do. Yeah. And, and I, I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, it, it's it's one of those things is like, you know, how how do you make that all kind of like fit together and work and not make it sound dumb? You know, and I honestly kind of made me sad that they didn't um, kind of pick a little bit from the comic books and that event Civil War, because in that they you know, I think they did a little bit better and they tried to make it um, like a little bit more. I guess fantastical in the, in the movie a little bit. I, I'd say they try to make it more, a little more sensational mm. uh, trying to get, I guess they're, they're wanting to have, they want to have that big end fight like they do in all the movies. And they Dare were just, I say cinematic. Yes. Thank you, James. <laughs> Thank you so much. I was on a roll um, and you just like came in and just derailed me. You son of a bitch. Um, but phenomenal. But but yeah, it's. I feel like they were trying to do that just so they can get kind of say, hey, you know, these are the these are the little dots that you know the little things we have to have in every single movie. You know, you got to have an emotional arc, you know, and you at the very end, you got to have a big fight scene between the two main protagonists. You know, and they I, for whatever reason, it's like you don't have to have that in there. You know, and like maybe you just have it where you know, say they have uh, they have a disagreement, and then they have some big event that happens and then say they they pass the Zakovia Accords and whenever Tony goes and tries to have a conversation with the council and he says, hey, we need to go fight this big bad. And they're like, no, we don't need you to go there. We're not going to let you go there. Maybe he has a crisis of moment there and says, oh, holy shit, you know, they're wrong. You know, yeah. maybe something like that, you know, that would, that sounds like it sounded like a better sounds like a better, that's just me thinking of that in the last 10 minutes, you know, like maybe, maybe they could have put a little more effort into it as opposed to we have to have, we have to have Captain America and, and Iron Man fight each other. Brr, that's going to be more fun. You know, I think it was just kind of an excuse to have them have Tony and, and Steve fight each other essentially. But yeah, I mean, I don't, don't know. Wrong, that was awesome. It was, it was fun to look at, but just oh yeah, the, the plot is kind of what doesn't work. That's, what I, that's, that's kind of what I was saying too. It's just like, it, 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 it felt a little disingenuous in my opinion. It's just kind of like you said, James, it, it feels like children made, made up a plan to have these two guys meet and fight for X reason that really, you know, 
they could have been fight. They could have literally been fighting about anything, you know. It's like, and they're just like, we're gonna bring it in. We're gonna bring in Tony's parents about this. And oh my god, the Winter Soldier killed his parents. Oh my god, you know, like, you know, yeah, and, thirty years ago. And somehow the movie still ends with Tony on the moral high ground. You know, basically yeah. he just tried to kill mm-hmm. Bucky, which is that can't be explained in any other way. But uh, not uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Vigilante justice. You know, mm-hmm. it's just he he's murdering because he he's mad about his parents. That is not um, that's not a government ruling. That's not a sanction. That's him just trying to kill a guy because he killed his parents. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, he's at their period because he went behind Ross's back. You know, because yep. he didn't believe that you know going through the proper bureaucracy, bureaucracy, bureaucracy <laughs> channels or however you say that. Yeah. Yeah. would have led to him able to go there quickly and in time and all that kind of stuff. So to, for, for this movie to end and then the next movie to start with Tony still, you know, he's he's part of the Sokovia courts. He's still acting as if he has the moral high ground there. It's like that. He's all kind of, kind of, yeah, he's kind of got of that rich part. person feel of like the rules don't, <laughs> all, the rules, yeah. the, word, the, the rules don't apply to me until yeah. I want them to apply to me kind of thing. That's kind of yeah. the feel I got from it. And that's the that's a juxtaposition to like to like Steve and even, you know, Black Panther to an extent, you know, he he plays by some rules because, yes. you know, when his, when his dad gets killed, right. he even though he could literally just keep on fighting like that, what chase scene throughout the throughout Germany, he could keep fighting him. But whenever he he sees like, hey, you know, if I keep trying to, you know, go after these guys, more people are going to get killed. I'm just going to bide my time. I'll just I'll just back off a little bit, you know. That's kind of how I feel about that. And then he yeah. then he goes and does his thing after and, the after the fact. After he kind of he and he also figures out, like you said, you know, like I was, you know, like like you see in the movie that he figures out the person he was going after really wasn't the person that was, you know, at fault to begin with. You know, he he realigns he, himself, right? He figures that out by overhearing the conversation about creeping around like that. They. To say his introduction was so amazing, you know, that little conversation yep. trying to save his dad with the explosion and then with the mask and the, the tunnel chase scene, like his intro was amazing. And then uh, when they were fighting Bucky, when he when he was turned or whatever, everybody else got beat up by Bucky. The only reason Bucky got away is because he threw him over the rail. And when he went downstairs to find him, he was gone. So like fighting Bucky, he was the best fighter. So all throughout Black Panther had this amazing lead up. And then the, he spent the whole movie trying to get vengeance. And then at the very end, he overhears that he had the wrong guy, and then he goes to the guy that actually killed his father, and he's like, "You know what? You know, I'm not even worried about it. I forgive you. You know, let's take, <laughs> let's take you in for justice. I'm still mad, but you know, we're gonna arrest you. I've spent the whole movie trying to kill Bucky, just like you know, Iron Man was trying to kill him right now. But now that I have you in front of me, I could kill you, and nobody would ever know anything. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna arrest you. You know, let's take you in peacefully. You know, it's I'm just, just gonna, I'm just gonna turn the other cheek, right? <laughs> yeah, and that that didn't, you know, that didn't really sit because. You know, they're not even worried about Zemo at that point. They're fighting each other, and Zemo's just yeah. peacefully going away. If, if he didn't decide to kill himself, he would have just, you know, hopped on a plane or whatever. He would have been, you know, sky free. The writers just like, well, we got to find some way to stop him. Let's let's make Black Panther follow Iron Man. You know, just kind of threw that in there, and then he arrests him at the end. So he, Black Panther really had nothing to do at the end other than arrest Zemo Zemo peacefully. So it's like I didn't really like the way they they did him at the end, and so yeah, just the ending it didn't work for me. Put it like that. No, no it, okay. it didn't. Well, because I agree completely. Like Black Panther kind of changes his motivation at the end, and then, like I said, Tony spent this whole movie supposedly, you know, being for oversight and for the Accords. And at the end, what does he do? He goes and chases after his friend in defiance of the Accords, and then he tries to get his own petty revenge. I mean, like he's 
he's doing the exact opposite of what he said he was supposed to be trying to accomplish. Yep. I mean, it doesn't. He's definitely kind of taking that that uh, the childish mentality of uh, uh, of of um, if it if if it makes me mad, I'm just going to go after it and you know and screw the rules kind of thing. You know, and that just kind of like that. Like I said, I guess it just really irked me. But yeah, so we're obviously we're all in agreement. This was not a very good ending. <laughs> to no, the, it was not. <laughs> this is not a very good. At least we're going to agree on that. So. Let me ask you guys this. So obviously we did not like the ending. What is something that you guys enjoyed about the film? Sir, let's start with you. Like uh, what, what was one of your, one of your either favorite scenes, favorite moments within the film? What, what did you like the most? I'm going to say the humor. Cause I think the, the obvious answer is the airport scene, but I'll, I'll save that for one of you guys. <laughs> but I really like the humor. There's so many like little in jokes and like little, um, like the moments of levity or whatever, the the writing in this was really good. The, there was a lot of little really funny moments. And I think, I guess I didn't re- really remember that because I haven't, you know, after watching 23 Marvel movies, they all kind of blurred together at the, at the end. But when I went back and watched this, there were a lot of little moments, especially with Peter Parker. He's just, he's just a, a zing left and right, you know? So there are a lot of little Spot moments on. where the camera cuts to somebody and they make a little joke and I'm literally laughing out loud at a Marvel movie. So I just... I respect the humor. This is a lot funnier than I remember. Like I said, there, there's a lot of good writing in here. So yeah, the, the, the ending did sour me, but I just other than that, I just really liked the, the humor throughout. I think this is a very fun, watchable, enjoyable movie. Absolutely. James, did you have a, a particularly favorite Oh, part? I don't know. Uh, the airport fight scene is obviously probably the best scene in the movie, but it kind of feels like a cop-out to say that. <laughs> no, I mean... Uh, how about more particularly, the part where uh, Captain America and Peter Parker are fighting, mm-hmm. and uh, Captain America is, you know, Steve is trying to convince Peter Parker to stop, because he sees him like, you know, this is a stupid kid doing stupid kid things, and this is obviously Tony's fault that he's convinced him to do this. And what does Peter do? He does what all the kids do in this situation. He doubles down and says, well, Mr. Stark told me you would say that. And he told me to yeah. go for the legs. <laughs> and I just thought that was just, that was classic righteous teenager behavior there. And I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And that, I, I, that it just really showed the difference between like uh, an NBA player and a really good high school basketball player. It's like, mm-hmm. I see what you're doing, kid. I see that you got skills, but we're on two different levels here. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. I totally agree with that. It's kind of like uh, when I tell people, like when, I, when you look at you know, people, they're like, oh, yeah, he plays college ball. He's definitely going to the NBA. I don't think you understand the level <laughs> that these yeah. professional sports guys play, especially like the NBA. Like, there's a whole nother like ball of wax. You know, it's yeah. like you might get in the NBA, but you might be in like the bottom like ten percent of the NBA. You're still getting that check. You're still, <laughs> but you're still a bench warmer. Yeah, you know, like, like that, that person that you laugh at because they rolled the bench all season or they only made the practice squad. If you saw them play at your local rec center, they would destroy everybody. <laughs> you yeah, know? absolutely. To be, able, to be able to get that spot on that bench, they have to be so much better than anybody you've ever played with. You know, and so, I, mm-hmm. I got no, I got no qualms with those people. Good for them because they're making bank it's just sitting there on that bench, and they're just there in case you know, in the case like either LeBron or one of those guys like tweaks an ankle or something like that, and they go out and play for five seconds. Yeah. Good for them. That's all I got to say. So, but yeah, that's, I, I think my favorite part in the film and I have to, I have to say, so I'm kind of torn. There's two, there's two specific parts uh, in the uh, points in this film that I really enjoy. Um, the first one, which I will, uh, I'll start with it is, is the, is the moment where you have that interaction uh, with uh, T'Challa and his dad, uh, the King of Wakanda. I cannot remember his name for the life Shaka. of me. 
shot good call um i they had that moment it's, it's like i said it just didn't it doesn't even come to me that moment when they had when they're sitting there talking at the u.n assembly right and he he just gives that heartfelt you know kind of like conversation with the son is just like i love you you're gonna make a great king someday and you know it's coming like you know he's not gonna make it through this movie and it makes mm. you so mad and <laughs> but the fact that he has that kind of heart to heart with his son is just a brilliant thing. And he shows like a really deep emotion that I guess a lot of guys, like, I don't know how, you know, you know, either our parents, you know, your dads are, but like my dad, he's not really, not really an emotional guy. And, and the fact that you can kind of see that, you know, in a father and show the depth of love that he has for his son. And, and he, he knows that he's going to do his best to try to make him, he, and he's proud of the man he's become. Right. Yeah. And he's, he's excited to see what he's going to be whenever he becomes king, if he, if he lives that long. And there's so, a beautiful line in there, uh, just kind of to, to mirror what we are talking yeah. about a second ago with Captain America and um, Spider-Man, just the different levels and age and wisdom or whatever. Um, T'Challa, the, the son, he was talking, you know, you can't ever get anything done. It's easier to get uh, something done in a room with two people than a hundred people. And his dad just slides in there. Yes, unless you need to move a table. You know, that's just that little metaphor, <laughs> that, that wisdom. It's like, yeah, it's the people stuff, can't talk yeah. it up. But if you need to do something big, you know, so it's just that he has that wisdom of the years of political action and all that kind of stuff built in. Just to let you know that even though T'Challa is young and he's ready and he's a man, he still doesn't have that wisdom that you get with age and time, you know. It's, it's one of those things. It's like having a conversation with like your, one of your grandparents or just maybe like an older person in a community or somebody you look up to like at work or whatever it is. And they just like randomly will give you like little nuggets out of yeah. nowhere. And it, I love that kind of stuff, you know, and it, it, it just it's, it's 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 one of those things. It's not all about the humor in the films, but it's it's just it's great to see those heartfelt moments in there. But and then my other part going back towards like the 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 funny stuff, the moment that uh tony stark goes over and meets peter parker for the first time mm. at his house and he's just like ogling the living crap out of aunt may <laughs> i was like he's like that's your aunt and i'm just like what what is this and he's just like just totally trying to hit on her and i'm like this is kind of creepy in a weird way you know like this is phenomenal but i love i love that scene where he goes over and he kind of interacts with peter the first time and he like is just you know, critiquing him. And you kind of see that, uh, that setup point where, uh, Peter is going to end up looking up to Tony, you know, yeah. throughout the rest of the, the series, the, the, the first or the big, you know, uh, MCU phase until, you know, obviously he's on, uh, you know, untimely demise, you know, in the very end. But, and he looks forward to that, you know, that whole, that he look, he kind of like uh, looks up to him throughout the whole thing. And I really, really enjoyed that, that scene because he, he, he really just kind of goes in there. And even though he does the Tony thing where he's critiquing everything that, you know, Peter Parker is doing, like makes fun of his costume, makes, makes fun of his computer. This is like, what are you working on? You know, a little IBM here, yada, 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 all that stuff. It, it's fun, but it's a playful fun because you can see that Peter is excited to uh, kind of meet an icon that he's always looked up to. And, and it's, Essentially, it's a father figure for him the whole time, you know, but yeah. I, I really I, those are the two scenes that I really enjoyed the most. Um, is there any other scenes that you guys really enjoyed or any other things that really kind of just sparked your fancy at all? James, sir? Uh, OK, so in that in that first like round conference table scene where they're talking about the accords for the first time. 
Mm-hmm. Tony makes like his big, you know, like obviously pre-planned spiel with the picture of the kid who died and everything else. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Black Widow pipes in and you know says that she agrees with him, and she starts to explain herself. And Tony interrupts her. It's like, oh, you agreed with me. That's never happened before. And yeah, I just thought <laughs> I just thought that was a funny thing. That was that was pretty good. I enjoyed that one. So so let me let me ask you guys this. So I know we kind of gone over a little bit of everything. So and our favorite things and our least favorite things. So if, if you could change one thing about this film, what would it be? You know, big or small, whatever you want. Uh, James, you want to go first on this one? I I would, for me, it'd be the same thing I said earlier. I would just remove the whole villain from the movie and just let it be cut out, cut out Zemo from the movie. Just cut out Zemo from the movie entirely. I don't think he's not even a villain in in Falcon and the winter soldier anymore. He's just not there anymore. I don't think he's, I don't think he's even required. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That's uh, just remove him completely from the MCU and the comic verse. Okay. No, not not the, not the whole thing, but I I just don't think it added anything to this movie. It really didn't. It's understandable. So, sir, do you have anything you would have? just somehow we work that ending you know i'm not i'm not yeah. a writer but the movie costs 200 million dollars so they can hire whatever the best writers they can find to figure out a way to work that ending yeah so, what what's an extra like two million dollars to to rewrite it you know right you know, so it's like so, saying, yeah. you need to have that script perfect that's which is another way i don't understand how a lot of these garbage movies get green light with crazy scripts when if it's going to cost me 200 million dollars to make this movie i'm going to make sure i spend the right amount of money on the writers to make sure the movie is good but yeah so i would have retweaked that ending and figured out a way to you know make it make the villain more impactful no, absolutely mm-hmm. so but all right guys i think we've kind of uh we've we've beat this horse to death at this point um is there anything else you guys would like to uh, uh recommend or talk about on the civil war at all uh before we kind of wrap it up before we do our final question on it no i mean we never did talk about the airport scene so. let's talk let's talk about the airport scene <laughs> let's talk about the airport that's a good, good call so so we always, let's we all everybody said well obviously the airport scene but let's talk about this scene particularly like, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good call actually yeah see that's that's the problem when you have uh my brain like i do so obviously this is this is the biggest scene this was the biggest yeah. thing in all of uh marvel you know you know cinematic universe for a long time because it brought all those characters basically the first time you see everybody on screen at once, right? That big mm-hmm. moment where you have both sides coming in, clashing at the same time, where you have, uh, you yeah, you see everybody. You have you know Ant Man, you know Black Widow, the Vision, Scarlet Witch. Everybody's there, you know, you know, even you know Black Panther. Everybody's there, right? So I I, I truly enjoyed that scene because it's just so how long is that scene anyways because it's so fast fast paced it feels mm-hmm. like it feels like a blink of an eye right it's it like, feels 10, like or 12, a, 10 or 12 like minutes or 10, something about 10 minutes something like that that's yeah. that's a pretty good hunk of time for like an action scene and the fact that they gave it the care and consideration that it did I truly like I said that's that was that's the I, that is probably even though those two other scenes that I had I was talking about uh, this is definitely like a close third yeah like I said, it, it may be even fourth, depending on, you know, a couple other scenes that I really like. But I, I, I truly enjoyed this scene just because you get to see, you know, it, the fanboy in me was like, it got giddy because I was like, ooh, they're all going to fight. They're all there. Ooh, you know, you get excited, you know, kind of like a kind of like a dork and whatnot. But well, it's I, a fan. It's a fanboy moment. It's like, oh, who would win if Captain America and, you know, Tony Stark fought? I mean, 
people talk about stuff like this. I mean, it's, it's a cool I don't know what you're talking about, you know, it's like, it's not, I don't, I didn't used to go to my com, my local comic shop and sit there and talk to, uh, the, the guy that ran the store, Andrew, for, from my, he was a big, uh, a Dracula fan. He loved that kind of stuff. And he would, we'd talk about the stuff, you know, who would fight, you know, when Dracula or the werewolf and, or Frankenstein, all that jazz. And they try to do that. And then Helsing with, the with, the Oh, who is who Wolverine? They have, um, who plays Wolverine James? Or, I'm having a Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Jackman. Yeah. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, they tried to do that in the Van Hel- the Helsing movie, uh, and did not was not very good, but it was still fun. So, but I, I they we yeah talking about sit there for hours and just have a conversation. Then my mom would call me like, "Are you coming home for dinner?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll be home. I'm still talking. Sorry, <laughs> it's got that kind of stuff, you know." I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be in the fridge, you know. But I'm not waiting for you, yeah. you know. But yeah, but that's 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 what I, I I really I really like this. So, what did you like about the airport uh, scene uh, there, sir? Um, well, just yeah, again, awesome scene. Everybody fighting, and the um, the the fact that we all know each other, we're all teammates, but we we just di- we're diametrically opposed on this issue. So we're fighting, but I'm not trying to kill you, you know. Yeah. Until until the very end, with Tony being Tony, like you, you knew that everybody was. They were fighting each other, but it's like the goal isn't to to harm you and hurt you. It's just to, you know, I'm I'm trying to defeat you in this little combat. Especially seeing uh, Scarlet, not Scarlet, uh, Scarlet, well, Scarlet Johansson and uh, Hawkeye. You know, it's like, hey, we're still cool, right? It's like, well, depends on how hard you hit me. It's like because you know they're <laughs> friends that go back, you know, and they know that hey, we're on opposite sides of this issue, this issue, but we'll still be friends no matter how this turns out in the end. So I really like that. And, I think my favorite part was Spider-Man. He's just so the the wittiness and the little quips he keeps making left and right. He just he was a real bright spot in that. So I just I just like the whole thing. Looks to see the way everybody interacts and the fact that you know at the end of the day, these are these are supposed to be our heroes. So you know nobody's gonna kill anybody. Nobody's you know it's not gonna it's not gonna be terrible. But you get to see your your favorite characters fight one another. I thought, I thought absolutely it was just a really awesome scene. And like I said pre the rest of Marvel, it's like this was this was kind of the the top tier of what could be done in comic comic book movies for a long time. <laughs> it, it did fall fairly quickly after some of those other films came out, but it, it was still very good. I'll agree with you on that. One. So, James, what, what did you feel about it? Uh, I mean, a lot of the same things people said. I mean, some other moments I liked, uh, I liked how they had the Scarlet Witch kept criticizing people for holding back. Cause she's kind of the only one who's like, not really, you know, part of the team. She's more in it to win it than the rest of them are. And so she yeah. keeps criticizing her teammates for holding back. And I also liked the bit where they took Ant-Man and they fired him into Tony's suit so he could tear up the electronics from the inside. I yeah. thought that yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> dude, dude, who uh, who plays Scott Lang? I mean, I'm trying to remember how the name. Um, it's um, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Good call. Yeah. Wow. Had a brain fart there. I love Paul Rudd as uh, Ant-Man. I think... I know he's it's so those a couple the Ant Man and the Ant Man and the Wasp weren't like my favorite movies, but yeah. he made those he made those movies just yeah. phenomenal. He is perfect so. in the role, yeah. But yeah, speaking about Scarlet Witch, I'm so very much interested to see how this movie can because right now she was just barely like she has power, she can do stuff, but mm-hmm. you know, compared to where she is post um WandaVision, like just seeing her in a fight in uh, uh, whatever movie comes in the future. I'm just very much interested in seeing the difference between how her powers are used and how much power she has. Cause 
if you've seen WandaVision, you know she's she's unlocked now. You know she's yeah. she's fully she's fully Scarlet Witch now. So just trying to see the difference between it's really in the fight all she was doing was moving things here and there and stopping things from falling. But now she's you know she's a full on witch. So I'm just very much yeah. interested to see kind of how she, she's all about that hex magic. Yeah. She's she's yeah full tilt so yeah and they've started introducing some very powerful characters from the comic books like you said scarlet witch is unlocked now captain marvel is a pretty strong one uh dr strange once he gets fully trained up he's also supposed to be one of those like you know top level characters that's that's what we're gonna see like in the his 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 movies coming out multiverse of madness where he kind of interacts with scarlet witch and they kind of go through that you know down there and then later on he he goes with peter parker and kind of turns back time it's kind of like uh yeah, so it's, just, it's pretty it's cool. Not, not, they're just kind of too powerful now. So it's just the whole the writing is going to be fun to see how they limit everybody's powers. Because I feel like Vision should have been able to kick everybody's butt. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, he yes. he's got Superman powers. It's like you should have been able to stop that in two seconds. But they have to make him distracted and they have to make him come in late. And it's like you got to do certain things to cap, you know, cap his power. So when everybody's got god level power, it's just going to be interesting to see how they, you know, how the writing goes to where it's not just, you know, nonsense or, or just a really weak yeah, fight. It's just literally just, you know, it's kind of like the the old uh, Superman doomsday fight. It's literally just like, who can punch harder? That's what it really comes down to if they're just yeah. that strong and it kind of gets annoying after a little bit. You kind of mm-hmm. see it just becomes a Zack Snyder, uh, uh, just cityscape gore fest, basically, just how much, how much destruction can you have? That's kind of... Yeah you don't want to see that you you're more worried about watching uh you're more you're more worried about trying to figure out how these characters interact i like that kind of stuff a lot more because like you said it's 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 more of you know if they just keep bringing out you know the big hitters and stuff like that it's literally just going to be them swinging as hard as they can trying to hit each other so which that's that's why i'm interested to see how they're going to do with this next kind of phase and they're hopefully kind of kind of try to figure out you know well how do these people you know, either deal with their increasing power or maybe as a consequence for trying to do these certain things, maybe it limits their power. Maybe it sucks away their a little bit of their power and kind of like knocks them down a peg. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? You got to start bringing in the eternals. You got to bring God level villains to for, have to, for God level super. Yeah, super and you're bringing the celestials in yeah. that are like created, made, uh, technically created all these, you know, Mar- yeah. everybody on mm-hmm. the earth and then the universe. So it'll be interesting to see what they yeah. do with it. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm excited to see, and I, I definitely want to try to see if I can go to the theater to try to see some of these, because I know mm-hmm. I've been, uh, I've been kind of jonesing for the theater, but, but yeah, is there anything else? I know we keep saying that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that, that we have missed today, um, in our, in our, our, our hefty meaty review of, uh, of uh, civil war guys anything else no james so final question guys how how many uh how many uh captain america shields or tony stark lasers would you give this out of 10 how about that sir you want to give it a rating um give it an eight out of ten okay eight out of ten james i think i have to agree yeah it's you're gonna give it an eight i'm gonna give it a it's a good movie it has some flaws but it has some pretty epic stuff in it. It's not to be missed. 
Well, I'm, <laughs> I, maybe I'm the only person. I, I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. Actually, I I, I, I a little a little low. It's you know it's negligible, but yeah, it's one of those things, guys. So it's it's it is what it is. So all right, I just want to say thanks, guys, for coming by today and listening to us kind of uh, shoot the breeze for roughly almost an hour and forty five minutes. It's it's definitely something. So <laughs> that was quite a bit. So again, thank you, sir, for coming by and and, and kind of shooting the breeze with us. I know, uh, like I said, I, I know you're a little tired. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to come talk to us. I appreciate um, you guys having me on. Um, you know, I'm glad to do it anytime. You guys can follow me on Twitter at my movie fix pod and my movie fix podcast, wherever podcasts are found. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, seriously. Go check him out guys. He's a blast to listen to on his, on his podcast. So again, uh, James, thanks for coming by sir. And, and like I said, everybody, we're going to be, we're going to be heading out. And like I said, have a wonderful day. Don't get into war with each other and catch us next week. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> if you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.